Amen. That's true, isn't it? Jesus is all that we need. Amen? Our God is good. And so thank you. As Pastor Jeff said, thank you for being here. Uh, it's uh, good to come into the house of the Lord. Uh, what a joy, what a privilege it is to be able to worship freely. Amen? We know that we have brothers and sisters in Christ uh, somewhere on the face of this earth that are, don't have that freedom that we experience. So what a, what a privilege it is to be here. Uh, I know that uh, Kelly and I uh, are anticipating uh, the, the return of our son in just a matter of uh, uh, somewhere around two, two and a half months. He is uh, currently in the Middle East. And uh, I can tell you that uh, on that day, whenever we uh, see Grant once again, uh, there will be uh, just a, there won't be a lot of side hugs going on, you know. Uh, there will be some full embrace. Uh, there will be a uh, kiss, uh, kisses that take place. Uh, I believe that there probably will be a few tears uh, that are shed, and that's the way it should be uh, when family comes together. Amen? That's the way it should be. Uh, and so if you will, I don't know that we can get there uh, with that level of excitement or anticipation, but we have some new family members uh, that are with us, and they're viewing the service tonight online. And so if you will, help me in welcoming those that are watching us tonight and let them know that they're a part of the Victory Church family. Amen. Thank you for being here. Thank you for worshiping with us. Uh, we're excited that you are a part of our family as well. Uh, we're going to get into uh, the Word uh, tonight in First uh, Thessalonians uh, chapter 5 uh, in verses 16, 17, and 18. Uh, that will be our passage. Uh, but before we get into it, uh, please let me encourage you. Pastor Jeff has done a marvelous job of just rolling it out there. Men's breakfast on Saturday morning. You will not want to miss uh, that breakfast, that gathering. Uh, and please, $8. I know $8 is very fair, very reasonable. Uh, but then I understand that there are budgets that are in place and there is no flexibility. Uh, so we say, man, if you're, if you're desiring to be there, there are those in the church that have already stepped forward. Uh, there are tickets that are available. Please come forward. Uh, please don't allow an $8 ticket to stand in your way uh, from just being blessed uh, by, by God on that morning. So see us in the, uh, the lobby at the information table, uh, and we'll make sure that that happens. Uh, but the passage tonight, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, uh, guys, if you can put that up on the screen for me, um, it's, it's, um, it's a great passage uh, and it's, 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 it's Paul writing, and he's wrapping up his letter to the church of Thessalonica. And he says, be joyful always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. That passage just flows naturally. That passage, when you, when you talk about some things, uh, they just come together. They seem to fit. Uh, God's entire word flows and seems to fit. But this passage tonight, when we look at it, it says, Be joyful always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Lord, we pray tonight, God, on this night that you would speak to our hearts, Father. Let our minds now be at rest. Let us focus on uh, your word, God, and the message that you have for us. And then, Lord, let us take this message, God, and, and apply it to our lives. Not just something that we hear, but, God, that we then put it into action. Uh, speak to us now. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. There are just some things that, that absolutely go together. Uh, as we kind of make our way through this uh, passage tonight, uh, hopefully we'll be able to connect the dots. I will in, in the message that's being communicated. 
uh, that there are some things that come together. Uh, I, don't, I don't know about you, but when we talk about things that just seem, uh, seem to fit, how many of you are chocolate fans in the house? Just raise your hand across the room, chocolate fans. How many of you are peanut butter fans? Kind of raise your hand. How many of you agree that when the two come together, that just seems to work, doesn't it? I mean, it just works very well. Uh, we're entering into the uh, Easter season and uh, you could go into any, uh, probably any grocery store anywhere and Reese's uh, peanut butter cup and their Easter eggs. I got to tell you that on, on Easter day, that one day, I don't know if there's anyone else here tonight, but that is, that is somewhere on my table. I'm going to make sure that I have one of those eggs. It just fits. It makes sense. Uh, I got to tell you, growing up as a kid, uh, spending time with my granny, and she's here tonight uh, with me, uh, and when my grandpa was uh, with us before he passed, um, I just remember it was always it was always customary. It never it never was just right, uh, especially if there were uh, 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 pinto beans on the table, and there was just uh, some little fried uh, uh, corn um, uh, cornbread that you put in the pan that fries, and you know what I'm talking about, where it's crispy around the edge. Uh, but then you have that there, but it was never just right for my grandpa until there were two or three strips of scallions that were just right there. That seemed to make it just right for my grandpa. On the other side with my mom, uh, my, my dad's uh, uh, mother, my grandmother, uh, she was always a big country breakfast person. And, and you got the eggs and you got the sausage or you got the bacon, uh, but then... Uh, <laughs> How many of you know that in order to complete a breakfast, uh, at least a southern breakfast, there has to be grits on the table? I mean, I, I don't know. I may be all by myself in the house tonight. But then to just bring it to perfection, she would just simply take a spoon and reach over into that frying pan and get some of the drippings and then mix it into the grits. And that was the key ingredient that just put it over. I'm going to teach you something tonight. If, you, if you're not Southern, I'm going to tell you right now, some grits and, and eggs, that just is where it happens. There are things that come together that just seem to fit. I've got to tell you, uh, that how many of you know that a great, a great meal, a great dish, really consists of incredible ingredients uh, that are all brought together in the right amounts, the right portion, and that's what makes it a great dish. How many of you have ever had a dish expecting it to be great and then you take that, that first bite and you realize that something just what seems to be, to be missing? And, and that's the, the title of the message tonight is what's missing, what's missing. And before we get into the notes, I, I want the guys to put up on the screen, uh, our daughter Chloe, the baby, she's 14. Uh, now, this was created when she was six years old, and, 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 and her recipe of pulling together uh, just the, the best pan of brownies, and I believe this was created for a Mother's Day gift, and this recipe sits on our counter today, nicely framed, but if you look at her recipe, uh, ingredients, three feet of water, come on now, three feet of water. Uh, three eggs in one box, and then I love when she's given the instructions as to making the, the brownies, she, uh, she, she communicated to her teacher, first get a bowl and a chair. How many of you know that she's remembering what her mom does in the kitchen? She just brings that chair right up to the counter and says, come on, Chloe, here's the, the mixing bowl. It's time to make some brownies. And she remembers that, and then she says, then get out the box and mix 
water and eggs, then make the stuff that goes in it, put it in the oven for 10 minutes, and then you have your brownies. I got to tell you right now that when she was six years old, if she brought me brownies with three feet of water in it, it would be the best brownies. That was my baby. That's my baby. I don't care what's going in it. I'm eating it. She's become a great cook. She's had a great teacher. Her mom is a phenomenal Italian cook and does a marvelous job. And so she can just, she can nail it. But tonight's passage, what's missing? Paul is writing this letter on a second missionary journey. And you have to understand that, that, that Paul was kicked out of Thessalonica. And there's a burning within him to know that, man, I had spent time with these people and they were on his mind, they were in his prayers, and he just, man, what, what's going on? Did it take, are they still following in their faith? So Timothy goes back, makes his observations, begins to, to watch and see what's happening, and he comes back with a good report. He says, man, the, the people are standing strong in their faith. They're, they're following after Christ, but in any assessment, we always look at, man, what's going well, and then we look at the opportunities, and so, so, so Timothy is reporting back to Paul and saying, man, they're really doing well. They really are. Man, their faith is growing. They are maturing in their faith, but there are still some things that are, are missing, and so, so Paul, as he's writing this letter, he's encouraged and he's commending them for their efforts and saying, man, I am, my heart is overjoyed and I'm thrilled to hear the news, the reports of you guys growing in your faith. But let me just continue to warn you and continue to prod you forward and, and, and speak into your life so that you'll continue to mature. How many of you are, are thankful for friends or family that can speak into your life and say, man, I know that you are going in the right direction, but from what I observe, there are some areas that maybe you can, you can, 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 can make better. There's opportunities for you to continue to mature in your faith. And those, those are precious moments. It may rub us wrong to begin with, but when we realize that we're moving forward, we know that they're challenging us for the good. And so Paul's writing his letter and telling them to continue to move forward. And I believe that when we look at the three passages, the three verses, 16, 17, and 18, they all wonderfully come together in promoting and, and asking that group of individuals, that church, to continue to live a life of obedience. Verse 16, it says, be joyful always. How many of you know that it's easy to get the first part down? Be joyful. That, that, that's a make sense moment. We can be joyful. But then when it says, be joyful always, it's that word always that kind of is just the, the stick in the mud, if I can describe it that way, that sometimes we say, you know what, I just today is just not a day that I feel all of this wonderful bubbly feeling, the joy of the Lord. I know that I should be feeling it, but man, it is just a struggle today. But man, be joyful always. A spiritual life is a pleasant life. 
It is a life of constant joy. It's the happy days that we can rejoice, but it's the, those sorrowful days that we struggle uh, in any given week on Monday, we could be on the mountaintop and then uh, how many of you know that by Wednesday we're kind of looking and saying, okay, we're not going in the, in the right direction and before you know it, Friday's here and you're in the valley and you're saying, okay, now, now what's happened? Things are not going the way that I had planned or what I had hoped for. I love what Charles Spurgeon states. He says, turn this book and what he's referring to and for those that may be in the room or listening, you have no idea who Charles Spurgeon is, a great, great theologian, a great pastor, preacher. And he states this in regards to being joy and rejoicing. He says, turn this book, and he's referring to the Bible, over and see if there be any precept that the Lord has given you in which he has said, groan in the Lord always, and again I say groan. You may groan if you like, you have the Christian liberty for that. But at the same time, I do believe that you have a larger liberty to rejoice. For so it is put before you, rejoice. Paul in his writing in another book that we often refer to and we look at the passage in Philippians chapter 4, verse 4, it says what? Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. If, if there's anyone that can say, man, I know what it is to, to face great struggle, to face great persecution, it was the apostle Paul. But through all of that, even being uh, thrown out of the city and being an outcast, he could still say, man, I'm writing the words to you inspired by the Holy Spirit that are found today in this book for each and every one of us to cling to and hold on to that even when those sorrowful moments come or when we're looking at our own lives, taking an assessment and say, we say something just seems to be missing. Don't allow the joy of the Lord to be the missing ingredient. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. When we begin to look back on what God has done for us and the way that he has, has really brought us from point A to point B, and we look at our past and know, man, that God's grace was there. Man, God's mercy was there. I, I have something. I have a whole list of things that I can look to and point to and say, yes, if not now, if not today, if things are not going in my favor, I have something that's behind me that I can look back to and I can rejoice in the past victories that God has given to me. Amen. Man, that's the God that we serve. In verse 17, it says, pray continually. Pray continually. Uh, being raised in a, in a pastor's home, um, man, it was, it was a not uncommon uh, for me to be able to hear uh, my mother praying uh, either all hours of the night uh, come home during the day in the middle of the afternoon and her door closed uh, and she's praying, praying continually. Uh, that is something that seems to go together when we talk about rejoice always, pray continually. The way to be joyful always is to pray continually. We should rejoice more if we pray more. The meaning is not that 
men should do nothing but pray, but that nothing else we do should hinder prayer in its proper season. The prayer types, when you think about prayers and the prayers that we say often on Sunday mornings, uh, the altar call will be given and across the front, the altar team stands. And when we look at the various types of prayer, uh, there's a prayer of agreement where we're saying we are coming into agreement with one another, our brothers and sisters in Christ. We know that there's power. God's word tells us where two or three are gathered, what? In his name. And we're in agreement and and lifting one another up and our burdens and saying, God, we are coming into agreement today with my brother and sister in Christ. You know what they're facing. We will continue to pray together. The prayer of faith. How many of you know that we still believe in miracles, that God is still giving miracles today? There are miracles that are represented in this room. And so when you come forward and we anoint you with oil, we begin to pray the prayer of faith, believing that God, who is alive and well, is still still giving miracles and our faith swells within us and overflows and we're asking for God to do a miraculous work in our life once again. How many of you are thankful for those prayers that God answers in a miraculous way? He still does that today. Prayer of dedication this past Sunday evening was a beautiful scene where we had six or seven families that were across this stage and holding in their arms, man, just an incredible creation. I know, I know that at some point, whenever that mom or that father uh, in the hospital and they're in their room and the visitors have left and they've had the little toes sticking out and they're counting in one, two, three, eight, nine, ten, and they realize, man, what a beautiful joy that we have. Man, let's go back to the house of the Lord and recognize, man, this wonderful blessing and take this moment to say, yes, we commit to bringing this child up in the fear and admonition of the Lord, the prayer of dedication. Just recently, uh, Pastor Jeff and I and, and, and my father and Pastor Dan had a, a, a wonderful opportunity to join one of our congregants uh, in a home dedication, home blessing. How many of you remember back in the day, it just seemed like home dedications, home blessings were more prevalent? How many of you remember that experience? And that was something that took place And that may be something that you want to embrace, even if you've been in the home a a year or two. How many of you know that you can say, man, God, we want to give this home to you. We want this place to be a a safe harbor for us, a a refuge, a hiding place that we can go back. and, And God, we're dedicating what you've blessed us with. And we're giving it back to you. A prayer of intercession, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Uh, Men and women come onto this campus and are lifting up the prayer cards that were given to us in January and the ones that come in throughout the weeks and they're praying over those cards. They're interceding, interceding on your behalf and calling on the Heavenly Father and saying, we will continue to pray. We know that this mom and this dad have been calling the name of this child for many many, many years, and we will not stop praying. We will continue to pray. There are people that are interceding for this congregation, for this house on a daily basis. How many of you are grateful and can rejoice in that and know that prayers are going forward on a weekly basis? And then a prayer of praise to be able to come in this house 
on a Wednesday night and to be led by an incredible worship team and Pastor Dave. Aren't they talented? Aren't they a gifted group of individuals and leading us in praise? And we're able to stand there and with a prayerful voice praise, Jesus, you're all that I need. We can continue to pray. Throughout the New Testament, the Apostle Paul provides examples of prayer that will change your life. In Ephesians 1, Paul instructs us pray to pray to the Father. Ask for wisdom and for our understanding of who God is to be expanded. In Ephesians chapter 3, Paul continues to teach us to pray for our inner strength and to know the love of the Father surpasses all understanding. Such a rich and deep love that we cannot even begin to imagine how great that love is. But that's the love the Father has for us. In Philippians 1, Paul guides us to seek a greater love and a deeper hunger for righteousness that can only be found through Christ Jesus. And what is prayer? When you say, okay, what is prayer? Prayer is simply our opportunity to converse with our Heavenly Father. It's our chance to enter into a conversation with him. And how many of you know that the topics, there are no boundaries, that we can bring every need, every desire, every ache, every discussion that we want to bring to the Father, we can take it to him because that's the God that we serve. That's how big he is. On average, I've done some research for the message tonight. On average, uh, men in this room, on average, we speak uh, approximately 7,000 words uh, per day. Guys, I can tell you, and you probably are not going to be surprised by this, but the women, they have us beat by about three times, somewhere around 20,000 words on average per day. Somebody look next to your spouse and say, that's a lot of talking. That's a lot of talking. Do it in a loving way, though. 20,000 words. If I do my math correctly, that's 24 hours in a day. 60, 60 minutes per hour. I believe that equates to 1,440 opportunities for us to be able to engage in a conversation with our Heavenly Father. We have time. How many of you know we make time for what's a priority in our life? Mark Batterson states, I've always believed in the power of prayer. One prayer can accomplish more than a thousand plans. That isn't a magic formula, but it's an idea that if you pray, keep praying. And then he says, then keep praying some more. Paul is communicating to the group of believers, rejoice always, pray continually. I know that the society that you are surrounded by is broken, filled with immorality. The temptations are there to fall back into your old lifestyle but I've got to tell you that if you continue to move forward and rejoice, and if you continue to pray, then you will be able to have a life that is fulfilling and a life that God is honored with. Let's do this for 60, 60 seconds. If you will, cross the room, and if you're watching online, simply close your eyes right now. 
Simply close your eyes right now in the room and begin to pray, begin to recognize the Father for who he is, and reflect just on this day. We probably have about 45 seconds left, and you continue to, continue to call out to the Father, and you recognize the many blessings that he's given to you. And we probably have about 25 seconds left in our one minute that we're conversing with the Father and I'm going to ask the entire house to join me in saying out loud the Lord's prayer. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Can we give the Lord a hand tonight? There it is, man. We continue to pray. Pray continually. Don't allow prayer to be the missing ingredient of you seeking after an obedient life. Continue to stay in a spirit of prayer. How many of you know that you can drive a car with your eyes open and still pray? Man, you can pray wherever you're at. Never let anything stand in your way, but always be in a spirit of prayer. In verse 18, give thanks in all circumstances. Give thanks. There are moments in life that are just make sense moments uh, to give thanks. Uh, one of those moments will take place in about two and a half months for Kelly and I. That's, that's easy. That's a, that's a make sense moment where we embrace our son and we say, man, thank you, God, for, thank you for bringing our son home once again. That's a make sense moment, and that's something that we should do, right? Absolutely. We give God the praise and the glory, and we stay in that spirit of thanksgiving and say, God, thank you for those moments that we easily recognize but then there are those moments, those, those times that we kind of scratch the head and we say, God, I, I just don't understand what's happening or what's going on, but I'm not allowing the circumstance or the situation to stop me from thanking you for who you are in my life. Regardless if the pendulum of life swings in our favor or life comes crashing down on top of our heads, we can give thanks to God Almighty. I'm currently uh, reading several books, and one book that um, I'm kind of, I have books that I pick up and I read and put it down, and another book that I pick up and I read and then put it down, and so I'm just reading uh, all the time. And uh, Eric uh, Metaxas uh, has several books, and one of his books uh, that he uh, has titled is uh, Seven Women and the Secret of Their Success. Uh, and he has a book, a, a sister book or brother book, of Seven Men and the Secret of Their Se Success. Uh, so he's just uh, an equal opportunity author there, making sure that everything's covered. Uh, but it's a tremendous, uh, tremendous book. Uh, and in this book, in uh, one of the stories that he highlights, uh, one of the seven women uh, is Corey Ten Boom. Uh, how many of you uh, know Corey Ten Boom or know her story? Just raise your hand. Uh, in, in the house tonight. Some of you, uh, Corey Ten Boom, that n name means nothing to you, uh, but she has a, a best-selling book and a movie 
um, the hiding place. And it really follows her journey uh, during World War II and the struggles that she faced and how she uh, was able, she and her family actually, uh, were able to uh, help uh, many Jews um, find safe harbor, uh, find a safe place, uh, move on uh, safely, uh, and living very courageously. You have to understand uh, that in World War II, as the Nazis were occupying Holland, that uh, everyone then had to begin to uh, hold identity cards and uh, food cards, and so everything was tracked and traced, and it was very, uh, very difficult to keep a secret or just kind of fly under the radar. And uh, Corey and her family did a marvelous job, a very courageous job, uh, but eventually they were discovered uh, by the authorities, by the Nazis uh, at that time, and of course were arrested and then um, other family members uh, arrested. And uh, Corey and her sister Betsy, uh, Betsy Tinboom, uh, of course, were arrested and eventually made their way to, uh, I believe it's Ravensbrook is uh, the name of the prison, and it was a prison for, uh, for women. Um, between 1939 and 1945, um, the reports are that this one prison housed uh, somewhere around 132,000 women uh, during that span of time. Of course, you can imagine the hard labor, uh, every evil act that could be inflicted upon humanity uh, from just uh, uh, man in, in embarrassment to physical harm uh, to um, rape uh, to um, actual experiments that would take place on live human bodies. Uh, you could just let your mind wander, and that was taking place at Raven's uh, Brook. It said that during that time, uh, as the war came to a close, the numbers and the estimations is uh, that about 15,000 uh, survived uh, their time. Uh, so you do the math. There's a lot of people that lost uh, their lives while they were there. And, of course, um, uh, Betsy, her ses uh, sister, Corey's sister, uh, ended up dying uh, while she was there at Ravensbrook. But as you're reading Eric Metaxas's book, he really highlights uh, Betsy in a wonderful way. And probably to describe her in her life, she was the encourager for Corey. Uh, in, in my readings, it, I'm picking up that Corey was probably the feisty one. She was ready to kind of go at it with the guards and she was like, hey man, if, if this is the day, let it be, but I'm, I'm ready to fight. And, and Betsy was the one that said, hold, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let's, 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 let's just, let's be wise here. Let our focus uh, kind of drift and go back to God, our creator. And, and in one special occasion, uh, it was a, a very dark moment. And one of the passages that Betsy reminds Corey of is the passage that we're looking at tonight. And she draws Corey's attention back to it. Now they're, they're in Ravensbrook and I've described to you the, the conditions and Betsy, uh, because of the love of, of God that resides in her heart, uh, she's not looking for retaliation, but she's saying, look, look, first Thessalonians chapter five. Corey, do you remember what the passage said? Be joyful always, pray continually, and give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. 
Corey, we must give thanks for the Bible that we have here in prison with us. You understand and know that there, we should not have this Bible with us, but we were able to bring it in, and we have God's Word. Corey, this is something that we can give thanks for. Corey, I have to tell you that we're here in the barracks, and, and if we're going to give thanks in all circumstances, although this was built to house 400 people, and, and now 1,400 women reside just in our barrack, and we're sleeping on top of one another, we can give thanks to God for that. We have a roof over our heads. And, and Corey, while we're thanking God, let's just thank God for the fleas that we have. And at that moment, that's when Corey kind of put the brakes on and said, I can thank God for the Bible and I can thank God, even though we have deplorable conditions that we're leaving in, but I cannot thank God for the fleas. She said, but Corey, if we're going to be obedient, God's word says that we must be thankful in all circumstances. Each evening, as they would make their way back into the barrack, they would be able to find safety there, and they would be able to open God's word, have a Bible study. They would be able to sing their songs, their heart songs. They would be able to worship. And Corey found it very interesting that the guards would never step foot in the barracks. And Betsy connected the dots and said, the reason the guards don't come into the barracks is because this place is infested with fleas. So let's give thanks for the fleas. Give thanks for the fleas. God uses our unpleasant experiences to accomplish his higher purpose in us. Suffering for our faith builds character and develops faith within us. Trials can teach what cannot be learned in a classroom. Even Jesus learned obedience by the things he suffered. For Hebrews chapter 5 verse 8 reads, Son though he was, he learned obedience from what he suffered and once made perfect, he became the source of eternal salvation for all who obey him. Don't be in a rush to dismiss those things that may agitate you. Don't be in, in a rush to say, man, remove this trial, for it may be the very thing that God is using to develop your faith. Don't allow the absence of a thankful heart to impede your growth and your maturity in your pursuit of an obedient life. And finally, as we're wrapping up and Pastor Dave and the team are coming back, it says, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. We are told to rejoice always, to pray continually, and to always give thanks. The reality is that it's an easier said than done equation. However, because of God's spirit that resides within us, we have the power to live an obedient life. When we choose to live in obedience, we can rejoice always. When we choose to live in obedience, we can pray continually. When we choose to live in obedience, we can always be grateful. Charles Stanley, I love Pastor Charles Stanley from Atlanta, Georgia. 
Obey God and leave the consequences to him. Obey God and leave the consequences to him. All of those things that we looked at tonight, those three passages, the key ingredient to rejoicing always, praying continually, and to always give thanks, the one last ingredient that makes all things perfect is obedience. When we say, God, I will obey you. How many of you know that it's God that's within us, the strength, the power that's within us that allows us to pray continually, that allows us to rejoice always, and allows us to give thanks in all circumstances? Amen? Let's give the Father a hand as you stand tonight. And every head is bowed and every eye is closed. And there's possibly someone in the room tonight that is uh, saying, man, I, I just, I got to tell you, man, I, I, Pastor Tim, I, I don't know what you're talking about at all tonight. But I know that there's one thing that I need in my life right now, and that's Jesus Christ. And if that's you, we're going to say a prayer. You'll have an opportunity to make things right. Just have one of those moments where, where things just seem to be perfect. And when we say this prayer, I can tell you that there will be many people in this room that are rejoicing, but then there will be a whole host of angels, God our creator, that will be rejoicing as well because there is another person that is a part of the family of God. If that's you, if you're saying, man, I know that I'm missing everything right now in my life. Most importantly, I'm missing Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. Simply raise your hand if that's you in the room tonight. We're looking. Let's all pray together. Our Father in heaven, forgive us on this day. Cleanse us of our sins. Make us whole. Let us know that we have a new life in you. And that we are redeemed by the blood that was shed on Calvary. We ask that you come into our heart tonight. And wash our sins away. In Jesus, name. in Jesus' name. And if tonight, Pastor Dave's going to lead us in a song, and you can say, you know what, Tim, things are good right now for me, but they're just not great. You know, I've, I've been really trying to get, get along with just a, a little dab of prayer right now. Pray, my prayer life is really not where it should be. You know what, I, I even may have some bitterness some resentment that's beginning to swell within. And I, you know what? I, I really just need to rejoice for who God is. And I'm going to come down and agree in prayer. Man, Pastor Tim, you know what? I, I completely forgot. There's something that just transpired in my home, in my life. I just received that raise. And I completely, I, I, I'm almost ashamed to say, but I completely forgot to give thanks to the Father for what he did. I'd been praying all this time, and I never even said thanks to the Father. But I want to do that tonight. So as Pastor Dave leads us through this song one time, if that's you, whatever the, whatever the prayer need is, we have our altar team that is here. Begin to move forward and come on, let's pray and believe that God is here in our presence and that he's going to do a good thing tonight. Amen.